All right, Nicole, I was just telling you that, and maybe some of the listeners will recognize you because you were, you were basically viral on <laughs> social media for the, the gym launch company. Yes. How, how did that happen? Um, so, well, we joined, I, I'm no longer um, a part of the gym launch program, but um, we joined gym launch as many other gym owners do in an attempt to grow our business. And so, you know, I had seen gym launches ads forever and ever over and over again. And then I ended up just clicking through eventually saw a testimonial of one of my friends that I really trust and admire. So I jumped on the phone with him and he was like, dude, you've got to do this program, jump in. So we ended up you know, going full force into the program. Um, we executed really well. We did really well with the program. We were very successful. We learned a ton. Um, it really helped our, our business in a very positive way. Um, so I, you know, we had a great testimonial because we were very successful. And so my face was just kind of splattered everywhere. <laughs> you know, they chose a, a good looking female that, that helps too, right? Fit. Like they, they, Alex sure. knows what he's doing. Yeah, and right. so you, you, you and I, we may have crossed paths, but we don't know a whole lot about each other. So a lot of the questions I'm going to ask, I, I just don't know. Yeah. But you, you say it was successful. Why are you no longer involved in Gym Launch? Um, well, we were with Gym Launch for about 18 months. And I felt like we had absorbed and applied as much as we possibly could from the program. Um, and I felt like at a certain point, um, much like with other things in your life, it's just time to move on to the next thing. You know, it was like, all right, applied that, learned a lot. You know, we, we took from it what we, what we wanted to, um, at that point we knew we wanted to move on to something different, acquire new skills, focus on something else. Um, and so for us, it was just time to do the next thing. And, um, you know, with any type of mentoring program like that, I feel like, with something as large as gym launch, it's only, it's only so personalized, right? It has to be scalable to a very large amount of people. So the things that we were looking to do at that point of, you know, considering leaving, um, was very unique and could it be applied to all businesses and all gym owners that were in the program. And so, you know, when you have so many clients, so many people to service, you have to think about scalability. And so the stuff that we were really wanting to focus on, um, just wasn't really applicable to the entire group. And I know that I, I either needed to just learn it on my own or find some other mentor or someone um, who really specialized in just a different skill set. Um, so yeah, we left. I mean, I, I learned so much from Gym Launch. I'm so grateful to Alex and Layla and I've made so many great connections, like just how, you know, we make great connections in the CrossFit world. Uh, I made a lot of great connections within the gym launch world. Um, it was awesome, but you know, just like anything else, it's just kind of time to move on. So. All right. So you have a good experience with them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had yeah. other people on, I, I recently had Noah L Laporte on, yes. I don't know if you know him and yeah. you know, a, a lot of people have great things to say about them. It, yeah. For the record, you keep saying us. You're referring to your husband. You own the box together. Yes. Which could be a whole episode on oh, box ownership. <laughs> but do you think maybe, and we're going to dive into this, maybe you have commitment issues. Gym launch, now CrossFit. Totally. Okay. So, <laughs> so you de-affiliated from CrossFit. Was mm -hmm. there, and I want, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but was it kind of at the same time? 
did you take the whole gym in a different direction? Is that why you left gym launch and CrossFit around the same period of time? Um, well, we actually, so it's kind of the opposite. So we dropped our affiliate and then shortly after joined gym launch. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we, we opened our doors in, um, 2013 and we were a CrossFit affiliate within a couple months of establishing our gym because we felt at the time, like that was just the, the most comprehensive program that included strength and conditioning and a foundation of nutrition. And, um, I just like all the elements of it. Um, and so for us, you know, we, we felt like at that time for like the group fitness setting, that was the best thing that was out there. I loved it. Um, I, you know, I just felt like it was just a total package. So we ended up becoming a CrossFit affiliate. We had it, um, and ran it successfully for, um, quite a while. And then it wasn't until 2017, I believe that we dropped it. Um, so our affiliate was up in November and we decided not to renew. Um, and then I think actually it was that month we actually ended up joining gym launch. I'm, I'm going to go back and ask about yeah. the de-affiliation process, not the why process so much, but as, but why, what yeah. was the biggest challenge though with gym launch? So from my perspective, and I've, I've worked with a handful of boxes that have used gym launch and they just yeah. get so busy that the coaching can't keep up with the influx of members. Yes. Did you find that to be the number one challenge or did you find other, other faults with it? Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of challenges with running, um, kind of like low barrier, um, high volume challenges like that, right? You have this massive influx, if you allow it, of new people coming into your ecosystem. So it could very easily disrupt, you know, your older committed members experience, right? So you have that whole kind of insertion of a, a bunch of new people who aren't really bought in yet, who don't really get it, who aren't committed necessarily for the long term. Um, so, you know, as far as class quality and experience, like that could take a dive very, very easily. Um, I felt like we always did a great job at making sure that the quality like remained pretty high as far as making sure everyone stayed safe, um, had enough eyes on them, um, you know, that we were able to accommodate um, plenty of veteran members and making sure that everyone still had enough attention. But at that, you know, at the same time, we weren't, we weren't doing classic CrossFit programming, you know, so we removed a lot of the high skill barbell movements from group fitness. Like we didn't do any type of barbell snatching. We didn't do any barbell cleans. So removing those high level skills is easier, you know, from a, um, a new person coming in, lowering that barrier, um, lowering the skill so they can get to work a lot faster. We don't have to worry about so many modifications and mobility limitations and stuff like that. But I could see like if you were a classic CrossFit program um, and had a lot of high level gymnastics, high level barbell stuff, it could be really, really difficult. Um, so luckily for us, we started removing all those elements months before. Um, so that didn't really change. Our programming was very, I would consider beginner friendly. Um, but anytime you introduce a large amount of people to your program, like it could get really dicey. And so you have to be able to control that dial. Um, so I think a lot of people 
really ruin their businesses by doing this, um, where they think that getting new people in the door is going to solve their problems when it's really their service that sucks in the first place. You know, they, they, they have a shitty program, you know, they're, they don't have a good business. They're, they're thinking, Oh, just not enough people know about us. It's like, well, no, people are coming and they're leaving. Why is that? Um, so right. I think that, that Jim Launch could have done a better job of doing some sort of, you know, incubation process, kind of on-ramping process of like, hey, let's fix the internal stuff first before we throw all these new bodies into your program. And they don't do that. Yeah, I, I agree. A lot of people think they need gym launch when in reality, they have plenty of people coming to their box. They're just not keeping them. Yeah. You know, right. they're not, or getting them to sign up. Yeah. It, it, you know, and I know Gym Launch, I've never worked with them, but I know that they're all about, you know, increasing that bottom dollar because you can't run a successful business if you don't have any money sure. coming in. But but certainly some some gyms just need to assess, do I really need more members or do I need a better product? Yeah, exactly. And most people, most honestly need both. You know, most, <laughs> most yes. gyms and small businesses need cash. They need capital. They need more customers. But you know, if you grow too quickly and you don't have the staff and the, you know, the business to support it and fulfill, like you're going to screw yourself over and you're going to get in big trouble. And that happens to a lot of the businesses that go into, not a lot, but it, it can happen very easily with a system like Gym Launch because the lead generation does work as well as it does. Um, it can be a problem, you know, but it's hard at the same time to not want that money. I mean, as a, right. as a business owner, like, 200 new members like of course I want that yeah. not realizing yeah long term it could affect your your business years down the road so oh, yeah. what was the rationale behind removing complex movements well I am a huge weightlifting nerd and so is my husband so like we love Olympic weightlifting I love the snatch the clean and jerk I just think like they are it just there's so much respect that needs to be given to those movements um, the demands for mastering those things can take, you know, thousands of repetition, right? And oh, so, yeah. You'll never you know, master the snatch. Yeah, right. So, you know, I love those movements, um, and they're super fun if you can do them correctly and safely, right? So, you know, it's just always our struggle. Um, even when we did used to program them in, you know, the group setting in CrossFit, you know, it's just, uh, it always made me feel bad to the people who, you know, they wanted to do it, but I know they shouldn't, right? Because they just don't have the mobility for it. They haven't developed the skill for it. They haven't developed just basic movement patterns. Um, and so it's like dangling candy in front of a kid. It's like, well, that guy next to me is doing it. I want to do it. But, you know, it's like as the coach and the professional, I know better than to let that person do that movement. So, you know, for us, we wanted to really maximize the hour that we had with people and we wanted to give them not only the best experience as far as being positive and having fun but it being the most effective as far as getting stronger getting better conditioned improving body composition and i found and, and this is how i feel with something like a high level movement like you know a, a snatch in particular i could waste 20 minutes just trying to teach them a couple basic positions whereas they're not necessarily getting a great workout. They're not getting any stronger from that. You know, it's just skill acquisition is beneficial if you 
need it, maybe as an athlete or something like that. But for most people walking in our doors, they weren't like, man, I really want to learn how to snatch. Like, I need to lose weight. I need to get stronger. They probably don't even know what it is, to be honest. Yeah, right. So, you know, after a while, I'm like, you know what? Susie, who's 47, doesn't want to learn how to snatch. She doesn't give a shit. You know, and I'm forcing this on her. She feels awkward. You know, it's like, but it's programmed. So... Um, so for us, we felt like there's just more risk versus benefit, you know, to the general population. Um, and the, the amount of time and repetition it, it truly takes to be able to load that movement for it to be worth a damn for anybody. It just took too long in our opinion. So we just took it out and it just made programming a lot simpler. Um, I was able to, you know, load other movements that are much easier for people to get them stronger a lot faster without the hard learning curve of Olympic weightlifting. So currently you run, you know, because you're not an affiliate, I won't call it CrossFit, but you run functional movement type workouts similar to what CrossFit does just without Olympic lifts, but you might see a a thruster, a burpee, a pull-up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And And we have a barbell club too. So if you want to do the snatch and the clean and jerk, you can be a part-time weightlifter. You can be a full-time weightlifter. So we still have that available for people, but you're going to devote the appropriate amount of time and attention to those movements um, instead of doing it in a class setting where we have maybe 12 minutes to get through the whole piece. So you'll never see it in a conditioning workout. I Correct. Uh, you know, that's an interesting topic. I, you know, and I, I'm, I'm anxious to think, hear what other people think because as you say it, I'm like, there's some truth to that, right? Like, yeah. do, do some people ever need to clean and snatch? Because I was having this conversation with my wife last night. Yeah. The box that I go to, North Naples CrossFit, you know, runs for the most part one workout a day. They follow um, NC Fit, which is, you know, programming by Kalipa. Yeah. And it's for the most part one workout a day. And I'm like, there's some people in there that are just your average run-of-the-mill people that come in and then they're fit. Like there was muscle-ups yesterday. People are doing them, you know. So they're making this progress. But I wonder for the other people that don't quite get there, because you're right, you know, the later in life you do this, probably the, you know, the harder it's going to be for you to learn those movements. Sure. What is the benefit? And then we obviously knowing CrossFit, we can say the benefit is the 10 domains, there's balance, accuracy, agility, coordination, but can you make up for those by simply programming easier movements? And I want to say easier, you know, easier in quotes, if you will, lower skill, I should say. So interesting topic, very interesting topic there. And, you know, two, two things I always say is a, I'm very biased towards CrossFit. So we're going to talk about your affiliation thing, but at the same time, one thing I love about CrossFit is there's a lot of gray, there's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, if, if an affiliate decides to do that, do that, that's, that's your, you're allowed to do that under the CrossFit model and, you know, and, and you still have it in there. So I think the challenge would be, if I'm an outsider, I walk in, I see you, I've not seen your husband, but I assume, you know, he's a, a fit dude. And it's like, well, I want to look like that, that right. dude's snatching. Why am I not snatching? Yeah, exactly. That, that would be kind of where you have to explain it. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, and I mean, for us, you know, if someone does walk in and they see someone snatching, they're in the weightlifting area of our gym where those are the, where the Olympic weightlifters train if you want to do those things, we have a beginner program for you to follow and, and, and such. But um, yeah, I think like you said, there's a lot of gray area as far as your interpretation of CrossFit. 
there's no right or wrong. There's no black and white when it comes to movement, whether it's beneficial for you or not. It's like, well, do you meet the criteria to do the movement safely or do you not? You know, so it's like, you can say that about anything. Yeah. And I think anyone listening to this, you know, you're, it's not like they're going to hate on you and you're like, we don't yeah. have that, those type of listeners, but that might be mentally, you know, bashing you. Like, how can this lady take this out? And it's like, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, if you're doing things for the right reasons and you believe that that's helping the greater population become healthier, you're yeah. doing, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So one thing that we end up doing, um, cause we're constantly surveying our members, right? It's, it's really important to us that we get feedback from them. Um, because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's not about what I love to do for my workouts or my training. It's about our members and are we servicing our clients, you know, based on their, their wants and their needs. So something that we actually end up learning from a lot of people is we were taking attendance and looking at, you know, this is back when we had barbell snatches in our program. And we realized like, man, attendance is so low on barbell snatch days. And so we started to ask about it. And people were telling us eventually after we, you know, peeled the onion back, like it made them very nervous. They wanted to avoid it. It was very frustrating for them. They were intimidated by the movement. They'd rather just skip that day. Um, whereas some people love it, you know? And so it was like, well, man, if quite a few people are very intentionally skipping out on those movements, like what are we doing? You know? Um, so oh, you you mean, know? yeah, as I think more about it, there's definitely, I think, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to, put it the wrong way, but it tends to be women, you know, men come from more of an athletic background. Maybe they've done it before, but you get, you know, we have a a large demographic of women in their thirties and forties and you're right. They struggle with that movement. And at some point it's like, would they be better off simply back squatting? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or doing a kettlebell swing or, you know, something simple. That's it's dynamic, but it's, um, you know, it's just less complicated. So, so talk to me about the discussion. I assume it was a discussion between you two about de-affiliating. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I was always the person and I still am that does most of the marketing and the sales and the, you know, the outreach trying to get more members. I do, um, not right now, but I did, you know, all the intros. Um, so I was the person who was trying to get more people into our doors. That was my role. That was my job. And, um, you know, just over the years of different types of marketing, whether I was going business to business, you know, introducing myself to other local businesses, trying to start relationships, explaining who we were to, um, you know, just setting up at like, let's say local health fairs at big corporations, the CrossFit word was just always such a hard thing to get over, you know, no matter how well I explained it and how I tried to, you know, settle the, their fears and dispel the myths. It was just always the, the bad word that came up in the conversation. And after a while, I found myself almost trying to hide it, you know, trying to like kind of skirt around like, well, I mean, we are CrossFit, but you know, you know, and like, just kind of like trying to rationalize, and that felt really bad to me after a while, you know, and, and, and after a while, it's like, you know what, what if I just remove that word from our language and I could just get straight to, Hey, how can I help you? You know, instead of me trying to defend ourselves as to what CrossFit is, what it isn't, you know, you have the wrong idea. We're different. Can I just skip that whole part of the conversation and just, you know, ask the guy in front of me, Hey, what are you looking to achieve and how can I help you get there? And so we first changed our name. So we first opened our gym. We were St. Pete Strength and Conditioning because our original 
kind of dream and goal was to work with athletes. And so after a couple months of doing that, and then, you know, kind of, we were working with local athletic teams, but they were also bringing in some of their friends and family members to work out with them because they just really enjoyed it. It was then when we realized like, oh, the general population is who needs us most and was most fulfilling to work with, right? So then that's when we decided to get our CrossFit affiliate short, you know, shortly thereafter opening. So our CrossFit affiliate was SPSC CrossFit, was just the acronym for our gym name. Um, and then eventually we had, um, you know, so we had safety strength conditioning, SPSC CrossFit was the name of our CrossFit affiliate. Um, but then we also ended up eventually starting a program that was like an unloaded kind of program. We called it Sweat. So it had no barbells in it, um, you know, kettlebell, dumbbell. Um, I guess you can consider it like more of a boot camp type class. And then we had our weightlifting club. So it's like we had all these different names and, and program names. It was just very confusing. Um, so we decided to rebrand and change our name. And we wanted one name that represented all programs. So we landed on Elevate. And so we made that switch. We rebranded. It was super fun and exciting. But we still kept our CrossFit affiliate. Um, but it was just easier for us to just market as Elevate instead of having to use SPSC CrossFit on everything. Um, and so once we, we really pushed the marketing with Elevate, we realized like, man, it's kind of nice not having to say the CrossFit name at all. Like it was, it made the conversation a lot easier for people. Um, and so that's when kind of the wheels started turning. Like, do we have to renew our affiliate? Do we really feel like we are in line with the brand? Do we feel like our offerings are, you know, in line with what the typical CrossFitter is looking for? And we realized over time that people that were specifically coming in for CrossFit, we weren't really able to offer what it is they were looking for because we had removed Olympic weightlifting from our programming. Um, we had really scaled back and almost eliminated a lot of like the complicated gymnastics movements. So I felt it was kind of a disservice to CrossFitters looking for like very specific CrossFit programmings, you know, triplets, couplets of like, you know, gymnastics and barbell. We just didn't offer that anymore. So I'm like, well, what are we doing? You know, like if the, if the CrossFitter looking specifically for a traditional CrossFit program is coming in and saying, ah, this isn't really, you know, what I'm looking for. And to be honest, we weren't really looking for that type of person anyways. We just decided that like, well, I guess we're just not a CrossFit gym anymore. We don't really encompass everything that CrossFit stands for. And so we decided to, um, you know, just to part ways and we just didn't have to have that CrossFit isn't bad for you. CrossFit isn't going to kill you. CrossFit isn't going to hurt you conversation with our prospects anymore. And it, I felt it became easier. Okay. Now with all of that being said, and I think that's yeah. a fair statement, everything you're saying. And I like that you said, you know, you're doing someone a disservice. They see CrossFit or hear about CrossFit or move to the area. Yeah. They're, they're expecting one thing and you're not really giving them that. Yeah. So, and I was sending them elsewhere, you know, I was like, Hey, well, I know what you're looking for. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to program ring muscle ups in the program, but I know that's your jam. That's what you want. So go here. So are you personally doing CrossFit? No. Mm -mm. So you, you primarily are a weightlifter? Yeah, I do weightlifting a couple of days per week. And then I jump into class and just do, you know, regular strength and conditioning. Um, I mean, I guess you know that's the kind of the gray area of CrossFit. Well, that's what that's kind of what it was leading me to what like, is CrossFit I don't what, know 
<laughs> right. And I mean, obviously CrossFit's not going to go around to every gym in the world and be like, you're squatting, you're doing CrossFit. Yeah. They don't, they don't own any of those movements. So. Right. So what do you do to protect yourself per se from, from CrossFit, right? CrossFit. I think when someone hears CrossFit, they basically think, Hey, we're combining functional movements together adding a clock component to it and that's CrossFit. But so many gyms are doing, right? You got the iron tribes of the world and the other, you know, sweat type classes like what, what you've done are, are doing that. Gym. I mean, it's everywhere. A- absolutely. So other than taking out the movements, what are some of the big differences? Are you still running couplets and triplets or is it more 30 minutes of cardio type sessions? Uh, sometimes it, it varies to be honest. Um, and we're actually in the process of rolling out some different programs and different classes uh, because we want to continue to really differentiate ourselves from any other CrossFit or any other gym really in town. Um, so right now, the way our, our class is structured, it's an hour long. Um, we always have a you know very specific warm up, and then we have some sort of strength piece, you know. Um, that could be one lift. It could be two lifts. It could be, you know, kind of more of like a circuit from different movements. And then we'll move on to the conditioning piece and that could be monostructural. It could have multiple elements to it. It could be, um, you know, straight through, it could be, um, more interval based style, you know, much like CrossFit, it, it varies constantly. Um, and then we'll have a cool down and, and a quick mobility, um, cool down after that. So, I guess you can interpret that as CrossFit. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I can tell you that we don't have muscle-ups in our program. We don't have handstand push-ups. Uh, we don't have barbell cleans or uh, barbell snatches. Um, but we have plenty of dumbbell cleans, dumbbell snatches, kettlebell cleans, kettlebell snatches. Um, we have rowers. We have bikes. You know, we run. We, we use jump ropes. Um, there's plenty of barbell in the strength element. Um, so, you know, there's... Yeah, and again, there's, there's no right or wrong. I, I always find it funny when people, there are people out there that bash CrossFit. I'm like, you're doing CrossFit. And it's like, yeah. you know, however you want to, whatever you want to call it, like sure. it's functional movements mixed together with some sort of, you know, the clock is where we get the intensity component to it. But people are out there like CrossFit's the worst thing when in reality they're doing it as well. But I, but I totally get where you're coming from with that. Now, did you have members that when you de-affiliated or started to remove some of these more complex movements were upset? Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's a handful of them. Um, and thankfully for us, you know, as far as our culture and the, the type of person that was really attracted to our program, we didn't have any competitors, you know, so for us making that switch, it wasn't that dramatic. Um, because if you are going to compete in CrossFit, you have to be proficient at these very unique movements to CrossFit. You got to have muscle ups and, you know, kipping and, and things like that. You got to be able to cycle, or cycle barbells, but we never really had that um, in our culture. That was never really our thing. We were very general population fitness health oriented um so but there were a couple people that like really enjoyed those movements they were capable of doing them um and so for them you know it was just a matter of having that hard conversation of being like hey you know i get that this is what you love this is what you want to do um we no longer offer that it's just no longer a part of our program we are changing we are evolving so you know 
they, they went their own way and we left on great terms, very positive terms with everybody. Um, you know, they were very grateful for the amount of time that they spent with us. And I was grateful to serve them as long as we could, but you know, we just, we've changed and that's okay. They, they totally understand that. I recognize that. Um, I would say they all left on very positive terms. So, um, it wasn't like this bad breakup, you know, I, I felt like we handled it as professionally as we could. We were very transparent about the whole change. We didn't try to hide dropping our affiliate or anything. We were very transparent. Um, we try to communicate really clearly about everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, anytime you make a change, you know, people are uneasy about that. It's difficult. It's hard. Uh, but if you're professional, if you communicate really clearly, um, and if you uphold, you know, good standards and, and if you do what you say and say what you do, I think people respect that. Um, but you just have to understand that like, you know, if you're going to drop your affiliate and change your programming, like, yeah, you're going to have people that will leave 100%. Well, I mean, I think what strikes me while you say that is one, it probably took some balls to know you're going to lose members. Yeah. You, you know, you were doing it because it was your belief. Right. And secondly, I think a lot of people, you know, when they listen to this episode are going to be like, there's the haters of CrossFit that are like, why do we affiliate? Coach Glassman gets rid of social media. The game became this. There's a very different stance of, I'm not going to stay an affiliate because I don't like some of those decisions versus because we're deciding to go a, a different direction. With yeah. The gym. Well, and you know, it's kind of, I think it's wrong for those gyms to, who truly want to deliver the CrossFit product and service, but just don't want to pay the, like, that's ridiculous. You it's know, like, $3,000. Like, come on, that right. covers itself. Even if you provide a shitty service, you'll still have enough people come through to pay for that. Right. Um, but for us, we just, you know, we genuinely felt like we were no longer in alignment with the brand, with what was kind of expected of like the typical, you know, CrossFit experience. And so we felt like, well, okay, if, you know, if our marketing, we should be attracting, you know, the, our ideal clientele. Our ideal clientele isn't someone who wants to do barbell snatches for conditioning. You know, like we don't want people who are wanting to do ring muscle ups, stuff like that. Um, and I, at that time we felt like we were just continuing to get people who were looking specifically for those things. So it's like, well, this isn't doing either of us any favors. You know, we were like turning people away. We were having to explain, you know, well, why we're kind of a different version of the typical CrossFit. So, you know, we just felt like we were going in a different direction and, and that was okay. I have nothing against CrossFit. I love CrossFit. I think CrossFit is wonderful. Um, but for us and, um, you know, our, our kind of business and brand goals. We wanted to be more than just a CrossFit gym. We wanted to offer different types of services. Um, I didn't want to be painted with that brush anymore. I didn't want to be limited to just that name, that offering. And I felt like it opened the doors for us, um, just removing that name from our business. Um, it, it truly allowed us to do whatever we wanted. There was no expectation of like, yeah, but it's CrossFit, so people are going to expect X to be in your programming or expect this type of experience. And so I just didn't want that that boundary anymore. So, so talk to me about owning a gym. Period. What are three of your biggest successes <laughs> owning an, owning a gym? 
biggest successes. Um, I mean, one, like for me, you know, my, my thing is I really love working with women and I love being able to change kind of the perspective of exercise being like a punishment or a way to make up for eating poorly to become something very positive um, and to get women to think about what they're capable of doing with their bodies. Um, so for me, getting so many women introduced to strength training has been awesome. Um, I love that. Um, also, you know, creating a place where it's kind of people's third place has been really cool, you know, so they have like their work, their home, and then X. And so for a lot of people, we have become their third place, you know, a place where they come, where they are looking forward to being there. When they're gone, they miss it. You know, they have friends and relationships. It's more than just the workout. Um, yeah, probably their third place, but their favorite place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, well, okay, but let me, let me ask you this then. Those are yeah. two great ones. What's it like owning a gym with your husband? It's, it's awesome, to be honest. Um, we work really, really well with each other. I mean, thankfully, and we have a great marriage. We communicate really well. We're very complimentary in the business sense to where like, he is very operational. So he is very analytical. He's got like, you know, a mortgage underwriting background. Like he is the numbers guy. He is operations. Um, very kind of like behind the scene where I am more the personality. I'm the marketing I'm the sales. I'm more face, you know, I'm very social and outgoing. So luckily, you know, we have that dynamic and that has worked very well for business. Um, but give me, give the listeners a piece of advice. If they're listening and they're thinking about opening a gym with their significant other, what's one piece of advice? I mean, for me, for example, yeah, I've not owned a gym with, with, my, with my wife, but we run our business together. Yeah. And I think, you know, a super general piece of advice would be you have to communicate. Yes. Now that's kind of a, a cop out. I, I think, you know, it's yeah. like, of course you should communicate, but, but I like what you said, find what you're good at. Like sometimes we're trying to cram like these square pegs in these holes where it's like, wait, mm -hmm. you're really good. And you actually enjoy this. You yeah. do that. I'll do this. Do you have anything you would throw in there? Yeah, I would say, you know, with that and in, in every role in your business, but especially between the two of you within your marriage, um, define your roles and stay in your lane respect those boundaries don't try to make your way into the other person's role or take over or micromanage what it is that they're supposed to be doing i think you should really figure out what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what you should be delegating um and then figure out you know day to day what are my roles responsibilities what are the results of those and communicate on those constantly um but don't butt your head into their their role or their position or their responsibilities that's tough it's tough yeah. I, yeah I agree that that's something that took us a long time to understand what yeah. about have you had one failure that you can look back on and in retrospect it, it's been good for business oh man a lot of them like <laughs> business is about failing your way to success i i really really believe that um you know, I would say that, and this is, I think goes for anyone in life, but especially for business owners and entrepreneurs, that the fear will never go away. You know, I, I still have fear all the time, but I don't stop me from moving. I don't let it stop me from moving forward. And so, you know, we had fear around starting our gym. We had a fear around 
becoming a CrossFit affiliate. We had a lot of fear around dropping our CrossFit affiliate and changing our name, making all those changes. Um, but in the back of our mind, in our gut, we knew it was the right thing to do, even though there could be all these other things that could get in the way and, you know, a lot of criticism from other people all over the place. Um, you have to do what's within your gut. And I would say that I, we made decisions later than when we should have, when we initially knew we should have made those changes or had those hard conversations. We waited too long. They became bigger problems than they should have, or they became problems when the problem shouldn't even existed. If we would have just gone with our gut, you know, communicated more clearly, faster. Um, because when we started our business, you know, you don't think about becoming a great team leader. You know, I think like, you're like, oh, I could run a business. I can service my clients, but you know, you can only do that for so long before you have to start hiring people and growing a team. And so that was a skill that, you know, I'm still learning and, but that I really struggled with is how do I become a good leader to my team? How do I become a good mentor to my employees? You know, cause I could mentor my clients all day long. Like I was really good at that. Um, but I was like, oh man, now I have to like, grow my employees for them to become the mentors to all of our clients. And so like learning how to communicate really well, set boundaries, um, give them all the tools and the opportunities and develop them as people and empower them. Um, it's really tricky. It's, it's hard because as a business owner, especially when you're starting out, you do everything right. And so you have all these processes, whether you know their processes or not in your head, in your mind that you just do. And so somehow you have to put that down on paper and, and have someone else learn those things and train them how to do them well and, you know, give them a, a roadmap and a blueprint for success. And I think a lot of us just expect certain things to be done because we just assume it's common sense or common knowledge. Well, you know, duh, of course. But if you don't clearly communicate that to people, they don't know, you know, or, or maybe they just have a different perspective of things or a different way of doing things. Um, so man, communication is key. Like, you know, with your spouse, with your, your teammates, with your clients. Um, but I would say the hardest thing, hardest lesson we learned is not hiring sooner. And then once we did hire, we didn't always have the right processes in place. We didn't always set our, our employees up for success. We didn't always communicate with them as well as we should have. We didn't train them as well as we should have. Um, so those were some big mistakes where, you know, unfortunately, after you make those where kind of the relationship is tarnished, you know, or the employee is just not working out, um, you, you have to get rid of them. You know, like at a certain point, you're like, oh, man, this is just not going to work. And it's totally my fault. I either hired the wrong person or I didn't train them correctly, you know. And so just learning to take ownership of that. It, it took a couple a couple of tries. <laughs> um, I'd say that's the hardest skill for me to learn is like hiring employees, training them being a good boss, um, raising the standards for myself. Well, I think you mean a couple of things you've said that is really solid advice is I would almost put it as you cannot communicate too much. Yes. You could, you could talk too much. There's a different statement, but yeah. communication as a business owner is key. And I love that you said, you know, even if the relationship failed, either way, you basically took ownership. You hired the wrong person or you did a bad job. And, you know, and it's no different than any other relationship, right? Any, right. I'm sure you dated someone before your husband, just like I did. And it's like those relationships ended. 
you have to take responsibility for that, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah, there may have been things going on too, but maybe you chose the wrong partner or maybe you didn't yeah. work hard enough on it. Yeah. How tall, how tall are you? 5'10". I was going to say, you strike me, you look tall. You're yes. sitting, but you look tall. <laughs> I'm an Amazon woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't, as I'm watching, I'm like, for some reason I'm getting the impression she's really tall. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, when you think about successful in our industry, who comes to mind? You know, Jason Kalipa, I really admire him. Um, John Swanson, really admire him too. Um, I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people, but those two really stand out to me because they have created such a business and a legacy beyond just their, their gym and the workouts. Um, I think that that's really a testament to how they've grown as people, the skills they've developed, um, how they've been able to grow their team. Um, I think that just, you know, I mean, it's not simple and it's certainly not easy to run a good gym, but the fact that they, they've been able to do that and then expand outside of those services and offerings um, and outside of just, you know, being a solid gym, I think that's really, really cool. And that's something that I really aspire to do and, and, and currently working towards. Um, but those two really stand out in my mind for sure. All right, if Nicole's hanging out at home, flipping through the channels, mm -hmm. what movie do you pass that you can't resist and you have to watch? Oh, man movie oh god i would say like oh man a comedy for sure like friday friday okay yeah. so we're not talking, no rom-com here we're not talking yeah. like, can't hardly wait you're going for friday i like it friday's uh -huh. a good one actually you know, friday's a good one all right i told you earlier i like to preface this question what what yeah. book would you recommend everyone check out the big leap for sure um, I've, heard, I've heard of that who wrote that I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's a great book because it's all about addressing your kind of negative self-image. And I think a lot of us have like imposter syndrome, you know, like, especially as entrepreneurs, we always think like we're not good enough, we're not ready, we're not smart enough. And so um, it's really about addressing all those underlying things and how placing those limitations on yourself is literally the thing that's holding you back from everything in your life. You know, so the fear that you have, you know, what what you think you're worthy of achieving or doing in your life, like the limitations that you mentally place on yourself, whether you've, you know, acquired those through childhood or other relationships or different environments, learning how to pick those apart will really open up the world for you. So I think it's a really powerful book for anybody in any stage in their life. What limitations did you place on yourself? Um, those, and I'm still working on them, of course, but uh, being as successful as I want to be as a business owner, um, you know, I always knew that we would run a good gym and, and be, you know, I'd be a good trainer. And, and I always knew that. But for me, you know, more of a leadership type of thing, um, growing to have a, a, a really big team and a big business beyond just a gym, you know, knowing that I'm capable of leading people in a bigger way. Um, that's, that's always been my thing is, you know, I'm, I'm a great employee. I'm a great teammate. Um, I just always haven't given myself enough credit to be a, a really big and powerful leader. Um, and so I'm working through a lot of that stuff, but I know it's what I want to do. Um, I second guess myself still, but uh, I've gotten a lot better at it. So 
the big leap has, has really helped me for sure. Well, based on this brief conversation, it seems mm-hmm. to me like you're overcoming that. And I think, you know, to be redundant, the things that you're doing well are just, I think always, if you're leading from the heart, trusting your gut and doing things, you know, I, th- I forget who said it in the CrossFit world, but it was like, do the right things for the right people and mm-hmm. you'll be successful. So it's really cool to see. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get, you know, into a heated debate over whether or not you should be an affiliate because I respected right. your- I'll come back for that. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hard when you, you know, you respect someone's opinion. And, and yeah. what I love about this show, you know, you know, Dr. Sean. Yes. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I put up his episode not too long ago and yeah. he's very polarizing and he's very opinion opinionated, yeah. but I love talking to him because he's someone that can have his opinion and be very strong, but you can have a conversation. And that's, that's all I like doing, whether I don't think you should have the same opinion as everyone out there, but you should be able to talk. Yeah. About it. Oh yeah. I mean, Sean and I disagree on a ton and we also agree on a lot. And I love that we can still have a great relationship and respect each other. It's, it's good. Cause he's doing it for the right reasons too. I mean, yeah. whether or not we agree, I know deep down in his heart. I mean, I, I had my last partner, I owned three CrossFit affiliates and the last one was, a, I wouldn't call him a friend. He was a partner. And yeah. on day one, I, was, I said to him, if you always do things cause you truly believe it's the right thing, I'll never be mad. Mm-hmm. And so right. it's hard to, you know, it's hard to be mad at that. Cool. Yeah. Well, a- anything that we brushed over about you, about the box, anything you want to share before we, before we hop um, off? No, you know, I just, you know, to those of you who are considering opening a gym or who, who are gym owners, you know, don't be afraid of change and don't be afraid of doing something new. You know, just like we, we teach our clients, right? Like we are asking them to step outside of their comfort zone, to be, you know, bad at something before they're good. Um, you know, business is, is about repetition. It's about mistakes. Um, but you have to keep pushing forward and you have to keep an open mind, like be very growth oriented. Um, you know, look for people who are, you know, even outside of just the CrossFit and gym space who are very successful and, you know, learn like what, what do they do? You know, what type of characteristics and mannerisms do they have? Why are they so successful? Um, you know, go beyond the scope of just CrossFit or even just gym owners and learn about other successful people in other areas. Um, because I think all those basic principles apply, you know, to business in general. Um, I think that very successful people all have very similar, um, characteristics, whether they're successful in real estate or gym ownership or whatever. Um, so, continue to learn from other people don't ever think that your learning is done or that you know everything like i mean there's just so much to learn from so many different people um keep connecting with everybody keep an open mind try new things if it doesn't work abandon it and go to the next you just got to keep forward momentum i I love it and that's one of the common themes from everyone we've had on this show is always be learning and you 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 are never done learning, just like you can never master the clean or the snatch. You can never, you should, you should never stop lear- learning. And the moment you, you think you're, you're done, you're done. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So, I love it. Really s- solid advice. And that's why I love, I learn every time I talk to someone new. So it was really great to talk with you and not this time, but next time I'm in Largo, we can definitely link up. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really appreciative and it was great to 
officially meet you, I guess. <laughs> you, you too. Well, best of luck with the, with the gym and um, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram and Best Hour of Their Day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.